Blog Talk Radio. Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Hello, Modern Love family. Thank you so much for being with us. And we are truly going to be talking about family tonight, but in a way you might never have imagined. We're going to be talking about an enlightened family. We have a special guest tonight, former Miss USA, Terry Britt, who's not just beautiful, she's brilliant, and she's been working from the inside out, everyone, on how to shift your life and your home from negativity and lack of peace to miracles and abundance. Now, if you don't want miracles and abundance, you're going to have to not listen right now. Uh-huh. She says, look, old way of being family where parents are running around, running themselves into the ground to make their kids have the best and the brightest future, to make them be the best, is energetically so stressful for the kids, for the parents. It sets up struggle. It sets up unhappiness for everybody. She's the author of the book, The Enlightened Mom, A Mother's Guide for Bringing Peace, Love, and Light to Your Family's Life. She's an expert in the law of attraction. We love that. And The Family. She's appeared on today's show, Fox, CNN, and many other national shows. And today she's going to talk with us about all of the difficulties that come with being part of a family and working to heal all of your relationships. So welcome, Terry Britt. Hey, thank you, Dr. B. I'm so excited to be here. And I, I, I you know what? I'm going to claim what you said. You said she's brilliant. And I'm like, I like that. I'm going to claim that. <laughs> Good. And that's for everybody. We can all claim it because it's true about all of us. And, Terry, I have a sense that that's part of what your message is. But first... Tell us how you became a family expert. What led you to working on Enlightened Family? Um, Because I really, I'm going to put it frankly, I really sucked at being a mom. Um, I was an overachiever my whole life. I was always on the hamster wheel of stress and struggle. I, I, It was always like, let me get that next achievement, that next award. Did that all through school. Uh, went into the television industry after winning Miss USA. It was the same thing, and then I became a mom. I left everything, and what I discovered is that I was trying to make my stepson, who at that time was four and a half, five years old, trying to make him be good, trying to make him be the best, trying to make him do it right, because I thought that was what love was. Well, that's what what you had done, too. Yeah, well, it's what I had done. Where did that come from? 
where does that come from in your own life? Because I certainly can't relate to <clears throat> all that pushing and, and struggling and overachieving. <laughs> I, I've never, ever experienced anything like that, Terry. So please talk to me. Where does that come from? Well, it's, it's really what our society does. I mean, you and I both know it. Everything is about competition, who's the best, who's making the most money, who who is the brightest, who's the superstar athlete, who, you know, who is who, you know, who's who. It's our society is all about that because if you can reach those goals, the the idea is that that's where you're going to find happiness and success. And so what's happened is, is our society has bought into that belief. And so parents have gotten on to, to that bandwagon of we've got to push, we've got to shove, we gotta, we've got to compete. I mean, we hear that in our schools. We have to compete with other countries. We have to, yeah. we have to be the best. We and, hear and that. So, I also want to add having become a recovered pusher, puller kind of person, an overachiever. I don't know that I've stopped overachieving because it's, it's hard. It, it just becomes a part right. of who you are. But I know part of it for me is I never felt good enough growing right. up. And coming right. from a family with six six girls and a boy. Holy moly. And, you know, <laughs> and here's where the competition came in. I want some attention, please. You know, and trying to get attention and and then feeling guilty, guilty right. all the time. So it was this kind of seesaw for me. Now, right. was there anything in your family that made you say, I just have to be, I get the outside part, but mm-hmm. what about, you know, those family forces? Because sometimes it's something in the family that makes us feel we have to keep pushing. Right. Well, what happened for me is, uh, you know, I like to say I was raised to be a good girl. I mean, I, my mom was the ultimate good mom. She put herself on the back burner, didn't say what she needed, treated herself as if she didn't matter, and treated my dad as if he was God. Dad, on the other hand, worked himself to death and was always out in the world doing things. And he seemed like, for me, he seemed like he was having a lot more fun. And I really resisted being the good girl, even though I lived by those rules. So for me as a kid, I wanted to be seen. I wanted to be heard. I wanted to be valued. I didn't think of it in those terms. I just wanted attention. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I just I didn't really understand what it, you know, and at that time didn't really have any idea what was going on except for that I saw my dad's way of being as being valued in our home even though my parents put my sister and me first. The person who got the final say, the authority was my dad. And there was something inside of me. Yeah, there was something inside of me. He had power. He had power. So for me, it was like, okay, well, if I have to be good, I'm going to be really, 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 really good, and I'm going to be like my dad. Okay, right. I was going to, and and for the that male energy is all about going out and tackling the world and being the overachiever yeah, and, and winning that's and tough competing. On a woman, that's very tough on a woman. It's not to say women oh, don't have the same gosh. capacity to achieve, but we all know this. Looking at a lot of the research that's coming out on this dramatic increase in female-related illnesses, and I mean female mm-hmm. as in reproductive organs, breasts, etc., that it's related to stress. It's mm-hmm. related to stress. So you got on that little hamster wheel, and what were some of the things you achieved? I mean, being Miss USA is no small thing because people <laughs> yeah. just put on a 
put on a bathing suit and walk around. It takes a oh, heck God. of a lot more <laughs> that, that was the least. That, that was not my winning score. Let's put it that way. Going into the top 15, I was not in the top 15 after my swimsuit and evening gown competition. My interviews are what carried me the whole way because it was not the swimsuit and the evening gown. For for me, you know, through school, I was always president of this, president of that. I graduated second in my class in high school, went to the college on scholarship. Uh, it was dean's list in school. I mean, I was yeah. always pushing, pushing, pushing now, to be the best. Now, how did you feel while you were doing all that pushing, Terry? What was the cost to you? Because I know firsthand there was a cost. That's a great way to put it. That is a fabulous way to put it. What was the cost? The cost was that I was extremely angry. I was an emotional mess. I, because of the way I had been brought up that other people had the authority, like my dad, anyone who had something that I wanted, like if I wanted their approval, they became the authority of my life. So I was constantly performing, trying to do it right, trying to be best. If it was in a relationship with a boyfriend, I was trying to do it right so that I could win that approval. If it was something for my family, it was trying to do it right so I could win that approval. If it was in school, same thing, over and over again. And what I found was that I was always angry. For me, you know, each of us has a a different way of expressing our pain, our fear. For me, it was anger. And I can tell you that just months prior to winning Miss USA, I put my fist through my boyfriend's window. Oh, wow. Yeah. I had a lot of anger. Yeah, and you know, I just have to throw this in there. For those who are looking at maybe wanting to break a cycle of stress and feeling you have to push yourself beyond any human limits. Anger is a sign often of depression. It's a sign Mm -hmm. of anxiety. It's a sign that your brain has just burned out. And when we've burned out, I mean you're flat broke on neurotransmitters, the things that make you feel good. Mm -hmm. And when you get there, you have a condition we call hyper irritability. So if you wake up in the morning feeling mad and somebody says hello and you go, hello, you may be hyper irritable, you may be depressed, anxious, and burned out. So Mm -hmm. take note here. So Terry, it sounds like you had gotten to that point where all that achievement had just like been too much, just been overwhelming. Well, you know what it felt for me is that no matter what I went after, there was always that moment of whatever achievement I won or award I won, that there was that moment where the ego was like, yeah, I did it, I did it, I did it. And then the next moment there was a sense of emptiness. Mm. So it was a perpetual cycle of being on a hamster wheel. And even the night that I won Miss USA, that night the ego goes, yeah, I did it. And then the next part of it was, is this it? Is this it? Now here's the interesting part. That night after winning Miss USA, I sat in my hotel room with my boyfriend and my parents and my sister and discussed giving the title back. Oh, my God. You, yeah. I discussed what prompted that? Because I felt guilty for receiving it. I felt the good girl inside of me said, you know, you've got to push, you've got to push, but you really can't receive. You really can't enjoy and be in the present and the now because I was concerned that it was going to upset my boyfriend because he would be left in Arkansas and I had to move to New York for the year. I couldn't receive this amazing gift because I was guilty. 
Yeah. I felt guilty. Well, and, and unworthy. Where we feel guilty, we feel we're not worth it. Now, everybody, you can mm-hmm. join the conversation with Terry Britt. If you are out there draining your energy to be whatever or do whatever you think you have to do, call us, 347 That's 347-989-0776. Or hit me back on Facebook, Dr. Brenda Wade, or tweet at me, Dr. Brenda Wade. And by the way, follow us so you can get all kinds of enlightening, uplifting information every day via our social media community. And talk with Ms. Terry Britt about maybe recovering from some of that. We'd love to hear from you. Okay, Terry, we have our first question. Uh, she says, I'm a single mom, and it feels like I've got a double dose of everything mm. you're describing. Yeah. What should I do? The first thing you have to do is realize, I know as a single parent, I had a, I had a short period as a little bit of a single parent when my late husband passed away. I did have uh, some support, but... One of the first things you have to do, and I don't care if it means getting up 30 minutes earlier, is you have to make a connection to yourself because one of the reasons we're angry and what I discovered is that I was disconnected from myself. I was disconnected from my source of of love inside of myself. Now, what do you mean when you say make a connection with yourself? How does one do that? And I was about to say that. Yeah, let me me go with that. Um, What I do is in the morning – is I get up and and again if it means 30 minutes ahead of time whatever you know whatever works for you is I get up and I just sit quietly I turn on some quiet music and I sit there and I begin to breathe and I visualize opening up the crown of my head you know just like a camera lens is the way I like to visualize it and I call it grounding in God's light and I just visualize the light of God coming in and sinking all the way through my body and visualize draining off all the energy that I'm holding on to, all the worry, all the fear. The other part I do is I look at, I visualize little Terry, the little five-year-old girl inside of me, and I say, I love you, you matter, what is it that you need to, you know, you need me to know today? And I have a conversation with her because by so making the first that connection. Thing, let's just start with the first thing. Okay. The first thing is a form of meditation where sure. you're focusing on light and energy to mm-hmm. help yourself get grounded. And then the second right. part is you're talking, having a conversation, as you say, with little Terry. Now, mm-hmm. talk more about little Terry. Well, little Terry, the way she showed up for me is I was I had asked to be unconditional love and I and I didn't know what that meant and so I was meditating one day and then she showed up and I heard get up and write this this is the beginning of your book and that was my first book message sent and so what I did is I became the divine mother to her instead of of seeking approval from everybody else. I started giving her permission to be who she is. And and when I was reacting to anything or feeling in fear, I would ask her, what's the belief you're holding on to that's causing your pain, that's causing your stress? So you're in a conversation with this little girl, and the voice, if we can call it that, that you're using, is the voice you call Divine Mother, that part of you. And everybody, let me just say this. Every one of us has a part of us that can be that ideal or that divine mother. Everybody can learn to meditate. And at the end of our show, I'm going to give you some resources in addition to Terry's resources 
where you can learn to meditate. Right now, take this down, www.terrybritt.com. And Terry has a gift for all of you, too, so hang tight. We'll tell you about that in a minute. So, Terry, we have another question here. Uh, This person says, you say you were raised to be the best. I was, too. I want my kids to be the best. Am I making a mistake? I hate to tell you that you're making a mistake because wanting your child to have the best of life is not some, there's nothing wrong with that. Wanting them to be the best, which may be defined by you and may not necessarily be who they are, may not necessarily be what you want them to be, is a mistake because what you're telling them is that they are not enough being who they are. When we can start looking at our children and go, I love you unconditionally, and you have gifts. Let's discover those gifts together. Let's help you. Let's let's help you step into your gifts and and encourage them to really have a voice, to speak their hearts, to share their feelings, and to quit performing for approval. That's when you allow your children to be all that they can be, and and being all that they can be is being the best that they can be. But it's not about getting other people's approval. It's about helping them move into alignment with the way they were created. And this is, I'm going to tell you what I feel, and I and I don't you know, know what your community is about, but for me it's about putting Our God first. Our community is totally about being open to information and growth, so bring it, Terry. Perfect. Okay, so for me, I was raised that putting God first was putting yourself on the back burner and being of service and that and that you had to deny yourself because that's what was good and that's what was loving. But that's what made me feel like I had to perform because I wanted to experience love, so I was always seeking it outside of myself. When we want our children to be the best, what we're really wanting for them is to feel loved. We're wanting them to feel valued. But it was in that disconnect of always performing that I, my anger came because I was disconnected from who I am. When I made a decision to stop performing and to stop trying to be the best and instead started embracing who I am, the way I was created, talking to little Terry, loving her and making her feel loved and protected by me and then opening up to God's guidance every day, what I now, discovered let me just is one. For the, let me just quickly, Terry, let me interject 10 seconds. Those who have trouble with the word God, use your own word. Whatever has meaning for you. Some people say light, some say one, some say love, whatever it is. Some say universe, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just use Mm -hmm. your own word because every one of us has some word for that power that's greater than ourselves, for higher power, whatever it is. So go ahead, Terry. And so for me, as I started moving into that space of giving myself permission to be who I am and quit performing, what I discovered is that I moved into alignment with the way I was created, and I realized that this was actually putting God first, because whoever you were to created to be is is unconditional love, and that is putting God first. Love is putting God first, and so and some with people that, would say we, God is love. <laughs> God is love, exactly. I and remember so a lot that of time, I was a little kid in Sunday yeah. school. So yeah, Terry, exactly. let me let me back up for a second with you. So you're saying the way for our very sweet audience member who sent in the question to stop pushing her kids to be the best is to really get herself to a point where she's connected. And now is the next step that she wants 
to teach the children how to connect? Because one of the things you've talked about in your book is that parents are creating a cycle of stress and struggle. Now, talk a little bit about that cycle of stress and struggle. Well, it's just like our caller or, or the person who just wrote in said a second ago. She said, "I, you know, wanted to be. I was raised to be the best. And I want my kids to be the best." That in itself is creating the cycle of stress and struggle. When you have that desire that you're pushing yourself so that your kids, then you can push your children, they're learning from watching you that life is about stress and struggle. It's it's about that you have to perform to a certain uh, level before you can receive rewards. Hmm. When you make a decision to start loving yourself unconditionally, what you do energetically is you actually open yourself to receive miracles, and that's what now, started happening for me. Say that again, so people really get that. When you make when you a step, decision, say it again. Yes. When you make a decision to stop performing and to start loving and nurturing yourself, you open yourself to receive miracles. Ah, so okay, yeah. everybody, write that down. There's your golden nugget right there. Make mm-hmm. a decision to stop performing. Instead, open yourself up to receive. receive. When you nurture and you, when you're the divine mother, and if there are men listening, you have the divine mother inside of you too. We all have that divine feminine, that sacred feminine that is inside of us. But we we've kind of lost sight of that in our in our world. I mean, it's it's we've gone completely off balance because we've everybody's on this hamster wheel. And what I feel is that it's uh, we women. It's our job to bring us back to center. That's what we we need to be pioneers for our families and say, okay, the old way of being is not working. I yeah. have to make a decision. Bunch of stressed out parents raising a bunch of stressed out kids. How are we going to get anywhere doing that? Because speaking as the brain scientist over here, the brain doesn't work well with a Mm -hmm. whole lot of stress. Everybody knows that. Okay, now, once you get off that wheel, you start nurturing yourself. You start opening up. You say Mm -hmm. that miracles begin to happen. How does that work? Because I think we all would like some miracles, wouldn't we, everybody? (laughs) Well, energetically, when you're performing, when you're trying to do it right, when you're trying to be the best, you're actually coming from a space of guilt. And the reason I say that is, is because what you're saying to the universe and to the people around you is, I'm not enough being simply who I was created to be, so I have to, I've got to show you that I'm better. So you're, you're coming from a space of I am not good enough, and that is coming from a space of guilt or shame. Now, is guilt that why shame. one of the things you said is that you and your husband have been sending the message, do as I say, not as I do? Yeah, because the do as I say, not as I do is is um, is really about you know, go out and, and be joyful and be happy, and but yet I'm showing you how to run yourself into the ground and, and, and put yourself on the back burner and not love yourself and come from a space of guilt. And, and that very much is the case. Let me finish explaining energetically what happens when you're performing and when you choose not to perform. So when you're at this space of guilt and shame, and these are low-level vibrations. They've actually been calibrated, and they are the two lowest vibrations that you can actually hold when you are holding guilt and shame because you're performing and trying to be the best you you keep yourself shut down it's almost if you could visualize yourself in a fetal position 
and not being able to receive. It's like, no, 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 the world's scary. I can't receive. So what you do is you attract energetically because the law of attraction says we bring to us the same energy that we hold. You attract more of being on that hamster wheel. You attract more hardship. You attract you know things that just seem like life is really difficult. Now, here's the point of where it starts to shift. When you make a decision... Starting to, to shift. Have okay, the, we're ready. Okay, so here's the shift. So when you make a decision to heal, when you make a decision, and what I mean by healing is to love and nurture yourself, to stop, to step off of the, uh, the hamster wheel and saying, I'm no longer performing for love and approval. I'm no longer going to perform for trying to, to be the best. I am now going to love myself first, which means I'm actually going to put God first. I'm going to listen to my voice. I'm going to listen to my heart, my desires. I'm going to stand in my truth. What happens is at the, this is the point of courage. And at the point of courage is, is only at 200, and these emotions have been calibrated from zero to 1,000. This is a work of Dr. David scale. Hawkins, Power vs. Force, is. for those it, who are interested. Really yes, wonderful it is. book. Yeah. And it's a wonderful book. But what, it's so scientific, but I, I want you to understand it in your day-to-day life. So at the level of 200, when you finally start saying, you know what? I'm going to get up in the morning, and I'm going to meditate for a few minutes. I'm going to make a connection. This is the level of courage where you start bringing positive life force energy to you. When you take a stand and you create boundaries for your children, when you create, when you say to your partner, I need you to take out the trash. Instead yeah, and of, you, know you know what, let's talk about boundaries for children in our last few minutes here. One of the things I've discovered, Terry, and I don't know if you've seen this, is a lot of modern parents were raised by very rigid parents who didn't mm-hmm. give them love, and so they overcorrect with their children. They're afraid to set a boundary to say, you know, this isn't the best behavior. This isn't the way I want you to treat other people or treat yourself. They're afraid to say things like that to their children. So we have these kids. I was in a restaurant just Sunday night, and this couple, oh, my God, they were sitting there drinking bottle after bottle of wine, and they're Four children were literally running wild through the restaurant. Hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, because there's got to be that place where the boundary is a way of saying, I love you too. Yeah. And we only have just a very few minutes, like maybe five. What would you say to those parents? I would say that you want to, one, respect yourself. You want to respect your children, but it's also about respecting other people. And so to show respect, you have to show them what is a healthy boundary. And, you know, I, when my husband died, my, my daughter got really angry. My youngest daughter, she was in junior high. But we worked through it and we helped, you know, create boundaries of what was healthy. Yes, express your anger. You know, it's not good to take it out on everyone else, but, you know, express your anger. Do it in a safe way. And a couple of years later, I ran into a teacher of hers and he said, she's the most respectful child I've ever had in my class. How did you do that? And I was kind of stumped and I said, I respected myself and I respected her. And what I meant by that is I set boundaries for myself. I set boundaries that, you know, this is what I need to do for me. And by doing that, I became more loving and kind. And then that's what my children did. Okay, so a lot of times we think if we put our fingers and our thumbs down on our kids, then they're going to be, um, you know, they're going to be perfect and, you know, and they're going to act right. Then they get angry. And then if we don't give them some kind of boundary of respect of, I respect you for you, but you, you know, I'm also going to respect me. And then that's what's mirrored back. They want to do it. 
I was blown away when the teacher said she's so she's the most respectful child I've ever had in my class. Yeah, I mean, this was a kid a who was mourning her father. For parents, really take this in. If you're a parent, or if you have nieces or nephews, it is still important. One of the, I just want to add this, Terry. One of the most important questions I encourage parents to ask, and it's just a simple question, is how would it feel for you if someone was doing to you what you're doing right now, to me or someone else, how would it feel? Mm -hmm. Because that little teeny bit of self-reflection for a child or a teenager is often enough for them to go, "Hmm, okay, I get how it would Mm -hmm. feel. So it's a correction. So I want everyone to know, Terry, that you have a gift. It's at, everybody write it down here. It's at Terry Britt, and Terry, the correct spelling of your name is, put it right out there for me. S-T-E-R-R-I-B-R-I-T-T dot com and then forward slash the word family. And Terry has a four-part audio series, and she's very generously going to give you the first session, which is 45 minutes for free. So go to terrybrit.com forward slash family, get your gift, and stay in touch with this beautiful and brilliant woman who has clearly done a lot of work on herself because I can feel the authenticity. And for those who want to learn to meditate, sometimes having a class to learn meditation is the best way to go. And I want to recommend my favorite meditation school. It's a school of practical philosophy. And you can just go to practicalphilosopher.org, practicalphilosopher.org, and learn how to meditate. Terry, I'm so glad that you talked about meditation because it's a powerful way for us to connect, get re-energized, stay centered. And for those who feel anxious and burned out and depressed, it's been proven to counteract all of that. Terry, what do you want to leave us with? What's your parting shot, dear? What I want to leave you with is that the most loving thing you can do as a parent, as a partner, um, as a friend, as a as a, as a child of, a, of, of, of adults, it doesn't matter what your age, the most loving thing you can do is to be authentic. Because Beautiful. when you are real, when you're giving yourself permission to be you, you move into alignment with All God. Right. It doesn't get any better than that, everybody. We're right at the end. Terry, thank you so much. That was Terry Britt, everybody. TerryBritt.com forward slash family. Get your gift. Next week we have Beth Greer as our guest talking about how to detoxify your home so you get healthier. And I want to thank our producer, LeGrand Green, thank our associate producer, Cliff Dunning, and thank you, Modern Love Family, for being courageous enough, that's at 200, everybody, to do what you need to do to make yourself and your life and the world better. Sending you my love and blessings. Good night. <laughs>